And then we come to the two final examples in the chapter. Key point number five is this. We experience healing through God's word. We experience healing through God's word. Let's pick back up verse 40. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. What a contrast, right? One side of the lake says, we don't want you here. He gets back to Capernaum, and they're like, welcome back. We're glad you're here. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had only... He had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now a woman, having a flow of blood for 12 years, by the way, there's a connection here. We won't have time to go into it this morning, but notice how old the girl was? 12. How long has she had this issue? 12. She's had this issue for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians, and could not be healed by any. I th you can see why Luke would have an interest in this, right? She's been to all the doctors. Maybe even him, who knows? You know, nothing, nothing. Spent her whole life, life savings. Came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her flow, flow of blood stopped. Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And Jesus said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Let's pause there for a minute. You ever wonder, how would she have known that touching the hem of his garment would bring healing? I mean, what, what type of faith, he, you know, why would, I mean, she knows that he's healed, and she's probably seen and witnessed Jesus touch people, but what made her think, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, then I could be healed. What, where would that idea even come from? Well, the answer is actually a prophecy. She probably knew her Bible really well. Since the theme is God's word, right? She probably knew God's word. In fact, the answer is found in Malachi. Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. Listen to this. But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness, by the way, that's not a typo, that should be S-U-N, the son of righteousness, shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. Boy, that's what you want to hear, right? <laughs> okay. but, but here, what is it saying? It says here that the, the Messiah, the Son of Righteousness, shall arise with healing in his wings. What is that? Well, you and I probably don't think much about this. This is called a tallit. This is a prayer shawl. You've probably seen movies uh, where they show Jesus wearing something uh, much like this, right? So this would go on like this. You'd bring it up like this to pray. Maybe even go into your what's called the prayer closet. That's what it's called. It's when you close this up and remove all distractions. That's your prayer closet. 
But there was also this. What does this look like? Wings. It was known as wings. The, the prayer shawl was understood as your wings. And the hymn was very significant. The hymn is this part right here. And this is the tzitzit. And there are one, two, three, four, five knots. Five knots that are tied here. So what I would do is if I were wearing this and praying, I would hold on to that tzitzit. Why? What's the, what's the five knots? The word of God. It is a, the law of Moses. It's a reminder of the word of God. To hold on to it. To always have something that you can say, I need to remind myself to hold on to the word of God. And this lady, apparently she knew Malachi. For to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise and there's going to be what? Healing in his wings. So, naturally, she wanted to do what? Get close enough where she could touch the tzitzit, the hem of his wings, his prayer shawl. Because Malachi said there's healing there. And she's tried everything else. She's tried everything. She spent all her life savings on all these physicians. So maybe, just maybe, if this guy is the Messiah, and if Malachi is true, then I could go up to him and I could touch the hem of his garment. I could touch that and make me well. You remember in 1 Samuel, you remember when Saul was in the cave? Familiar with that narrative? What did King, what did David, before he's king, what did David do? He went in and did what? It said they cut the corner of his robe. What was he doing? He was cutting off the seat seat. He was cutting off the seat seat. Why? That was a symbol of your connection with God. It was a picture of your, I'm in God's word, a reminder of God's word. And immediately in that passage, it says that David went and he cut the corner off of his robe. He would have cut that off. Immediately, it says David felt bad about it. He started regretting it. Why would, he, why would he regret just cutting the corner of a person's robe? He regretted it because he knew the great symbolism. He, he, had, he had cut off Saul's physical connection with the Lord. So I believe that this woman had the issue of 12, uh, blood for 12 years. I think she knew Malachi 4.2. I think she knew that passage. And I think that she understood that if Jesus is the Messiah, and she believed him to be so, that there would be healing in his wings. Let's pick back up verse 49. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Do not be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her. But Jesus said, Do not weep. She is not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. 
But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them to tell no one what had happened. And we come to the end of the chapter. You know what? The Word of God brings life. It not only brings healing, the Word of God brings life where there once was death. Luke has done us a beautiful narrative here, showing us over and over and over again the importance of the Word of God, that we all have a role, and that role is to make sure that it's known to sow indiscriminately. We all have a, a responsibility to check our own hearts and how we are receptive to the Word of God, and that we're to be obedient to it. And when we're obedient, we see what? We see freedom. We see healing. We see life where there was none. That's the Word of God. That's what the Word of God does. So the question is this. It's the question for all of us this morning. How are you going to heed the Word of God? I've done my part. My role as a pastor is to, do, to do, come and do what? Throw out the seed indiscriminately. Here's the Word of God. Here it is. What is, what is each of our roles in response? To examine our hearts, to look closely at our hearts and ask myself, do I, have a dis do I have a distracted heart? A heart that is easily distracted, that comes along and the moment, the moment someone puts any type of doubt, I'm more likely to listen to the doubt than I am the Lord. Do I have a hard heart? Do I have a hard heart that doesn't, doesn't allow for God's Word to take root? Do I have a worldly heart, one that's just more focused on the things of the world? Or do I have a receptive heart? That's what we have to ask ourselves. I can't, I can't answer that for you. You have to answer that question. You ultimately have to say, how am, I, how am I responding to God's Word? My prayer is, my hope, my, my greatest desire is that every person within the sound of my voice has a receptive heart. And that leads us to one last thought. Your heart will determine the type of soil the seed of God's word falls upon. The distracted heart, the hard heart, the worldly heart, or the receptive heart. Let's pray.